It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. The Big Ten race is tightening closer at the top of the standings with teams surging in the middle. Hi, I'm Kyle Charters, Drew Charters here as well, whose T-ball team, by the way, is 1-0. Congratulations. They are. Uh, for the Big Baseball Podcast. You keep score in the T-ball, you're just making that up. Well, um, making it up. <laughs> it's uh, it's not based on, we didn't win based off score. We won based off the eye, the eye test. From what I hear, yeah, the eye test. From what I hear, you you won based off post game snacks. Yeah, yeah. post game snacks are are top notch. Look, <laughs> I I I paid attention for the first like you know. There's no innings really. The the teams just bat through. There's no outs. They stay on base. They just run around the bases, right? Mm-hmm. But in the first inning, the opposing team would have only scored one run. No. Yes, they would have. We got three of the first four out. What? Yeah. We won. Dominated. Pretty good defensive coordinator you got on that team, apparently. All right, let's uh, get into the show. Rob Cooper, who is in his eighth year at Penn State, his team coming off a sweep of Michigan State. He'll join us on the podcast for today. But we don't want to start with talking about Penn State. We want to start, and we don't even want to start with talking about the top three teams in the Big Ten, which, look, a week ago, the standings were really close. This week, somehow, they got closer. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how that happened exactly. But we won't start there. We're going to start with the Scarlet Knights. Because Rutgers, over the last two weeks, has arguably been, and I think the argument's a pretty good one, the best team in the Big Ten. Look, it goes and wins two of three at Michigan, ranked Wolverine team. Goes and sweeps number 19 Nebraska in Lincoln over the weekend. And just looks outstanding in doing it. It's won five of its last six, five in a row. And suddenly, man, Rutgers looks like a team that no one would want to play right now. Uh, and they got a tough one coming up. Yeah. Uh, they are in a pod with Indiana and Nebraska. So tell me, they play well in that pod. Yeah. Let's say they win three of four. They stay on this hot streak and mm-hmm. continue to beat good teams. They win three of four, and they're 20 and 14. Yeah. After beating ranked Michigan ranked Nebraska. Yeah. Nebraska again and uh-huh. Indiana. Uh-huh. Why are they not going to be ranked? <laughs> I, that's a good question. Right? And you know, we'll get into uh the projection of the field of 64 too and sort of where Rutgers stands in that aspect, but yeah, they're the Charlotte Knights making a charge here and and yes, I mean, that would be quite the three weeks. Now, that's going to be a great pod. Yeah. I would love to be there for that one. Those oh, would be three uh, excellent teams and some great games. Uh, that will definitely be fun. But the Scarlet Knights, you know, now 17 and 13 during the five-game winning streak. It's given up only 13 runs. And that's to the offenses of the Wolverines and the Cornhuskers. It's Rutgers' first Big Ten road sweep ever. Now, it hasn't been in the league forever. Uh, but, man, it's been really good. The bullpen in particular, that's a, a bullpen that went over the weekend 10 and a third, zero runs, four hits only. Yeah. If you go the whole winning streak, it hasn't given up a run in the winning streak. Only seven hits, 13 and a third innings. That's pretty darn good. You combine that bullpen with a starting rotation that's starting to make a name for themselves. I mean, Rockowski has been there at Rutgers for what seems like forever. Yeah. Uh, he's still <laughs> their ace in pitching well. And then – 
Wareski didn't pitch well last week, but leads the three of them in Aaron run average. And then Brent Teller, 14 and a third innings in his last two starts, just four hits, 16 strikeouts yeah. for their for their Sunday guy. So mm-hmm. if they're pitching like that and the bullpen with all the power they have on the offensive end, it's no wonder why they're winning games. Yeah, it's not like Teller's two starts have been against directional U either. I mean, he has taken on some pretty good teams, some pretty good offensive teams. Rutgers is not the only surging team in the Big Ten. And when we looked at the schedules just for the year, we thought there was a possibility for this to happen a little bit. Yeah. But it's not only schedules. The other teams are playing well, too. And, and the two others that I'm looking at as being two that, that are surging here are Maryland. The Terps have won, what, six straight? And the other one being Ohio State, which has won back-to-back series. Again, not against the best of the best, but... You play who you play, and you have to beat those teams, Penn State and Purdue. And so Ohio State there is as well. Let's talk about the Terps. Six in a row. They scored 22 in the sweep of Minnesota, which Minnesota has lost like a 1,000 games in a row. Uh, Maryland's averaging about seven runs per game during the win streak. And, you know, I think the Terps have an opportunity to keep it going here a little bit, too. I mean, I, I, I like Maryland, but this is the Maryland team now that we expected to see at the beginning of the season. Right. And looking at the schedule, I, I think it gets tough for Maryland. This is a huge weekend for them because mm-hmm. they play three games against Illinois. They've got to at least win that series because next up after that, they've got Michigan and then IU. So this uh, is- They have a Purdue series in there, too, right? Oh, do they? Yeah, you missed that. So, so, uh, Illinois, so Purdue, Illinois, Purdue, and, and then, then Michigan, those, Yeah, and so, then Michigan. IU. So they've got a. This is this is a huge week for them. Yes, this is a Illinois series. You know, they they'll probably expect to win a couple games against Purdue. Mm-hmm. So win this series, and it sets them up, you know, nicely for Michigan IU, where they don't, you know, they don't have to go out and and shock the world with those two series, you yeah. know, if, if they can take care of business these next two weekends. So a huge couple of weekends for Maryland, I think will set the stage for the rest of the year. And Ohio state back-to-back series, as I mentioned, victories four and two during that span against Penn state and Purdue. The big question for the Buckeyes for the whole season, really drew has been, can they hit? Well, uh, this last weekend, they scored yeah. 38 in the three games. Now, uh, Ohio State lost one of those. But you go back the two series, the six games, and OSU has scored 62 runs. Now, you know, their batting average was low for most of the year, but they do have some guys in that lineup who can hit the long ball. I mean, Zach Dazinzo, Connor Pohl, uh, Brent Totis. I mean, there are some guys there whose names you know and – They've started to heat up a little bit, and if that Ohio State team can continue to do that with the pitching, then I think they can continue to climb in the standings too. That's why I, I think the the low batting average for them, team batting average for them, was a little bit deceiving because they've got guys on that team who can hit. Yeah, they've got power; they can hit for average. Uh, you know, so I, I, you know, maybe it was only a matter of time before it came around, and that, and that time is now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's interesting that. I think all season you and I have talked about which one of these teams, like aside from the top three, Indiana, Nebraska, and Michigan, which one of these teams is going to make a step forward? Mm-hmm. All of them are. The answer, yeah. the answer yeah. right now is all of them. You've got Rutgers making a charge. You've got Maryland winning six straight. You've got Ohio State winning two straight series. So the answer is 
all uh, of them are all trying to make up. a push to try yeah. to try to stay up with that top three. And that's not even including Iowa, I think, who's, you know, sort of right there alone too. right there, right there at, at four. So, and this is exciting Big Ten baseball. And schedules matter again. You look at yeah. Ohio State, and it has Minnesota and Michigan State the next two series. So, again, another opportunity for Ohio State to not only win back-to-back series, but, you know, Minnesota and Michigan State were both swept this last weekend. Uh, chances for Ohio State to keep that going. It, it, it just it sets up then some big series uh, at the end of the year because after that for Ohio State, like it has IU and Nebraska in a pot in Bloomington right. in that second to last weekend. So there's going to be some big ones here. Okay, so it stays tight at the top also. Indiana 20-9, and nine, Nebraska a half game back, 20-10, and 10, and Michigan sitting there as well at 21 21- and 11, you know, the Hoosiers vaulting themselves into first place, taking two of three from Iowa, Nebraska, you know, which had led this thing dropping back by a half game. And, and Michigan sitting there uh, with the two and two and what was supposed to be a pod, of course, right. Northwestern uh, having COVID and uh, protocol for that and, and not being able to play over the weekend. It ends up playing uh, four games against Illinois. And splitting those games, um, Indiana and Nebraska have a, a tough one coming up with the pod against Rutgers in there as well. That'll be just a heck of a series, obviously. Um, and for Michigan, maybe a, you know, even though it's sitting there a couple of games back, maybe a little bit of an edge this weekend. Well, yeah, I think if you're Michigan, you 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 look back on your schedule in your last couple of weeks, and you get you get beat by Rutgers, you lose a series mm-hmm. to Rutgers, and then your schedule gets all out of whack. And instead of the pod, you play in four games against Illinois and you split against Illinois. And now you set in third place, but looking ahead, you've got Michigan State on the calendar this weekend. I think you've got to be pretty happy that you sort of survived a couple weeks of. Yeah, three and four. Three and four. Average play in terms of Michigan. I'm, I'm sure they're looking back saying, hey, I wish we could have, you know, a game or two more during that stretch. And, but now you're looking at your schedule and saying, hey, we can come out of this weekend and survive those two weeks and come out in first place. Yeah. I mean, they could, they could easily sweep Michigan State. At least win two of three. And, yeah. then you've got, and then you've got IU and Nebraska kind of beating up on each other in that pod. Who knows how that's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. If you're in Michigan, I think you've got to be pretty happy right now. Yeah, even though you're a couple games back in the loss column, you know, things can change and they can change pretty quickly depending on who you're playing, and especially considering, you know, Indiana and Nebraska. Indiana and Nebraska, both of them can't go 4-0 and right. this weekend. Not going to happen because they play each other. And that's how smart I am. Yes. That's oh, man. <laughs> blew my mind. Yeah. <sighs> Wouldn't you almost take 2-2? Two and two? Would you take 2-2 two and two, no matter who the opponent is? I think you would take two and two. Yes. Wouldn't you? Before the before the weekend started? Yes. If somebody pods, offered you two and two? Yes. I mean, There's clearly you take three and one, obviously. Three and one's really good. I mean, that, that's yeah. that's extremely good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you take two and two. I think three and one is really difficult. That's why only a couple teams have done it yeah. this year. I mean, I mean, it was crazy a few weeks ago when Purdue. Now, again, I'm saying against whoever the opponents are. Um. That you can go in and get uh, get four is is pretty ridiculous. But to get three, yeah, I would take I would take two and two. If you offered Indiana 
two and two this weekend in the pod, it would take it, right? It would have yes. to. Any one of those teams should take it. Yes. You want to avoid one and three. You yes. want to avoid oh and four. Anything else? Great. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. They'll go ahead and play them, I think. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, before we get to our conversation uh, with Rob Cooper, whose team swept the weekend, including a game that was like uh, a throwback to Penn State football, right? A nice matchup between uh, Joe Pa and Nick Saban. There you maybe go. between uh, Penn State and Michigan State. 27 to 4? What? Uh, we'll talk to him about that and about his, his young offense, too, and the strides that they've been able to make on the podcast. But before we do that, uh, let's talk some some big bat and big arm. Uh, I hope you took big arm this week because I took big bat. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, some of the guys throwing the baseball this weekend. I did take big arm. Trenton Wallace for Iowa again pitched well against the Hoosiers. Uh, seven innings, seven hits given up, but he did strike out nine. He gave up a few runs. Nick Dean from Maryland pitched well in a win against Minnesota. Uh, also pitched seven innings, eight strikeouts uh, in that outing for Dean. Connor Larkin for Penn State went seven in a win against Michigan State. Six strikeouts, just a couple of runs. Seth Lonsway against Purdue, uh, eight innings, four hits, just a couple of runs, and nine more strikeouts to his tally. Chance Roach had five strikeouts in six innings, only gave up a run. That was a no decision against Rutgers, but a good start by Roach uh, for the Cornhuskers. Gabe Bierman for IU in a win versus Iowa. Uh, had nine strikeouts in six innings, uh, four runs given up, uh, just three of them earned in, in that outing for Bierman. Uh, but we're going to go to the hot team in the Big Ten. We're going to go to Rutgers. Oh, yeah. And a guy we just mentioned a little bit ago, who has pitched extremely well in his last two starts, Brent Teller, in a win versus Nebraska Yeah, uh, this weekend. Seven innings, just two hits, no runs. He struck out eight in that victory as part of the sweep for Rutgers. Yeah, deservedly so. I mean, he was he was really good, and, and to do that uh, and, and get the sweep is uh, pretty, pretty darn good as well. All right, so that's the big arm, big bat for this week. Look, we'll talk about that Penn State game. Uh, and sort of what happened in that one, Johnny Piacentino, in that game alone, the uh, the outfielder for Penn State, he was five of six with three doubles and five runs driven in. Uh, that's a pretty good day, to say the least. In that same game, Jay Harry, the freshman shortstop, uh, was three for four with a home run and a double, and he drove in six. Those guys are young players for Penn State. They will never replicate that production, I don't think, in a game. I mean, that's hard to get five hits in a game. is right. is pretty hard to get six RBI. It's difficult as well. Speaking of Harry, he had a, a good weekend just in general. He's five for ten with six runs, six runs driven in, couple of home runs and a double. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike Neister for um, Rutgers was three of five with uh, two runs scored in an RBI. In uh, Rutgers' six to five win Saturday at Nebraska, he singled to start the ninth inning and then scored the go-ahead run in that close victory against the Cornhuskers. Uh, a couple other guys, Cam McDonald had a go-ahead sixth inning home run for Illinois in Game One of a seven-inning game against Michigan. Uh, ben Nissel for the Boilermakers had a couple of home runs on a three-for-four day 
in the crazy 16-15 to win for Purdue on Sunday at Ohio State. He had three RBI in that game. In the same game, Skyler Hunter went four for six, tying his career high in hits, which he had done one other time. Three runs, three RBI. Uh, who have I not mentioned here? Um, oh, Cole Barr was uh, six for ten with five RBI, four runs scored, and a couple of home runs, uh, one each in uh, IU's two victories against Iowa. Uh, for Ohio State, we, we couldn't help but notice during the broadcast how Nick Irwin, who hit out of the nine hole, did for the weekend. He was, and this is out of the nine hole, the, the bottom of the order for Ohio State. That's something we didn't mention right. earlier. The, the uh, Archer uh, Brookman had a great series. He barely hit the ball. He came in with two hits on the, yeah, three on the home, season. Yeah, three home runs over the weekend. He's a guy I didn't even write down in here, but was hitting out of the seven and eight hole. But Nick Irwin out of the nine hole was nine of 14 against Purdue. He scored six runs and had two RBI. But I have to go with his teammate, Zach Dezenzo, uh the shortstop, finished the weekend uh, eight of 14. I don't know how he didn't get Big Ten Player of the Week. He was eight of 14 over the three games with two home runs, two doubles, a triple, and I didn't even realize this as we were doing the games over the weekend. He had ten RBI. Yeah, on the on the weekend. I actually I read that and I'm like, really? And uh, went back and looked just to double check because I mean I knew he had good games, but I didn't realize he had driven in ten. But uh, just an outstanding weekend as Ohio State takes a two of three against Purdue. So uh, Dezenzo is the big bat for this week. All right. Uh, Let's take a break here uh, very briefly and come back, talk to Rob Cooper, the head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, We'll do that next on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. And happy to bring in Rob Cooper in his eighth season now as the head coach at Penn State. First of all, Rob, thanks uh, a ton for coming on the podcast. We do uh, appreciate your time and enjoy talking to you here over the last couple of years. Uh, and we talked to you uh, this year at, at a good time. I mean, I think your team, uh, especially this last weekend, uh, played really well. And I think maybe there's an opportunity for you guys to finish up this last season playing some pretty good baseball as well. What do you think has, has gone well for you, especially uh, over the weekend? I, I would imagine that the offense would be at the top of that list considering you guys, you know, put a football-like score on the board on Saturday against Michigan State. But but it was a solid weekend all around. Yeah, first of all, thanks for uh, having me, and I appreciate what you're doing to promote college baseball, especially the Big Ten. Uh, but, you know, I, I like to kid around, but I was definitely the – I was the hitting coach on Saturday, um, <laughs> you know, and um, – that was a good day for, for our guys offensively. But, you know, um, I, I think that, that, you know, everybody was affected by the, the COVID deal in different ways, every program, different around the country, in the Big Ten. And while, the, you know, the Big Ten as well had similar kind of protocols, you know, still impacted different teams. And, and I, I'm saying this to you because, you know, we were off to a decent start last year right before COVID hit. And, you know, then you're talking about, um, you know, we had a lot of young guys playing, uh, freshmen and sophomores. And then, you know, most of them didn't play summer ball. So they missed out on that bats and, and things like that there. And then um, we got into, you know, the fall and, and our fall basically was kind of shut down due to COVID. And, 
and a lot of non-development time there as well. And then, and, you know, not, not being able to play non-conference games is really impacting the amount of uh, opportunities for, for pitchers and hitters. And so, you know, a lot of the struggles that some of our, our young offensive guys have been going through is stuff they would have gone through last year and yeah. working their way through. And, and so I'm just proud that these guys are, are getting better as the season's going. We've been close. Uh, we're trying to teach a young team how to win. Uh, and we've been close on some games and, you know, you, uh, you know, you have guys on your team that are like, well, we deserve to win that game. No, you, you, no one deserves to win a game. You got to go out and earn it. So I felt like we did that this weekend. We went out and we earned three wins against, you know, a Michigan state team that, that, that that's very good in my opinion, as is our entire conference. So long-winded answer, uh, but I'm, I'm proud of the resiliency in our team and, and also just a lot of stuff that, um, development wise, you aren't getting to see because of non-con and, and last year this, you know, it's happening on the weekends and in, in conference play. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, learning how to win, because if you look at your team, just statistically, I was looking at it earlier today. I'm like, you know, it feels like maybe this team should be closer to 500 than what it is. If you look at your, your, your rank, I think fourth in the big 10 and, and batting average, but that hasn't always equated to run production, which is sort of the key stat, you know, offensively. And, you know, especially if you take out the one day on Saturday, the run production maybe hasn't quite been to where it needs to be, but there is a learning curve, right? That was the other thing I noticed with your team is you scroll through the roster and it's freshman, 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 you've got a very young squad. So there is a curve there with teaching those guys, you know, that, um, you know, their individual production needs to equate to, to team production as well, too. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, you go back through, this, through the, uh, the season and you look at games that, you know, if we can get one or two more outs, you know, mm -hmm. I think we are uh, over 500. But, you know, that's part of learning how to play this game and learning to finish and learning to win. And, and you know, we were on a very good track last year when the season got cut short. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a good example that a lot of people don't understand, uh, realize. And, and, again, everybody had different issues to deal with. But so when we were actually the last team to play a Division One baseball game against Miami of Ohio last year before they canceled everything. And so we played that game and we left the next morning to come home. We got off the bus. And there were guys on our team that were still on our team that I didn't see again until January uh, of this year, January, 2021. Wow. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that worked out and took classes from home. And so when you think about that, you know, I, I basically went almost or, or we went almost a full year without our entire team together. Yeah. So when you're young, when you're limited uh, on the opportunities to play games by just playing conference, you know, for, for example, think about this, uh, you know, this weekend we play Iowa and there's 27 innings of pitching. That's it, you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you're trying to win the games and then you got guys on your team that you know for a fact would get better if they could get in there. And it's, it's a tough balance for, for everything. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that, again, I, I give the players a lot of credit because, you know, I think that there are time, you know, there's a time in this year where it could have been like, all right, well, let's just wait till next year. And, and they haven't done that. They've kept working at it. And hopefully it, 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 it's showing and we're starting to learn how to finish some games and, and win some games. You do have a, a, a lot of freshmen who are, are playing and playing well for you. And some of those guys got a little bit of a taste 
in the shortened 2020 season. And then as you know, you sort of pointed out, had some time off because they couldn't play summer ball and all of that, but, but they have come back and played pretty well for you this year. You know, guys like Matt Wood and, and Jay Harry and Johnny Piacentino. And not only those young guys, freshmen or second year freshmen, if you will, but those are also your, your catcher, your shortstop and your center fielder. So, you know, they say teams are good when, when they're good up the middle. Um, and you guys are good there, but you're also very young there. But those guys, mm-hmm. have, you know, those guys and others have, um, have played well for you this year. No, they really have. And, and you know, add Taven Kelly to that. Add, you know, Josh Spiegel uh, yeah. to that, who's a, a freshman as well. And, and you know, you, you look around and, uh, again, like jo- – so the Johnny, Johnny Piacentino is a perfect example. You know, after 15 games last year, he was named freshman All-American by collegiate baseball. And, and rightfully so. And, and, you know, probably about two weeks ago, he's really struggling and, you know, offensively and, and, you know, but again, that's the kind of stuff that you can only figure out by actually having plate appearances, failing, having to make adjustments, staying with it. Mm-hmm. And he had an unbelievable weekend this weekend. And so, yeah, you're right. Being good up the middle uh, is important. Um, and then, you know, some other guys, like a guy like Logan Evans, who's a freshman on the mound that, you know, because of, you know, just not having opportunities to start and figure some things out. And uh, it's, you know, it, it's exciting. We just got to keep getting better. Yeah. What's roster balance been like for you this year? I, I don't know a ton about your roster, but it seems to me maybe you had a couple of guys come back that you didn't expect to come back because of, you know, the shortened draft and, and things like that. And then you have also a huge freshman class uh, with guys who were, you know, second-year freshmen who played a little bit last year, but also all the, the incoming freshmen that you had as well. A- everyone has a big roster right now because of everything that has happened, but that adds another element, uh, like you said, of, of trying to get guys into games without the midweek games and having an expanded roster and, you know, trying to help guys develop so you can, um, you know, compete for Big Ten championships down the road. How How have you – how have you been uh, challenged in trying to balance all of that this year? It's been the hardest thing, in my opinion. I mean, it really has. I mean, you know, I, I thought it was the right thing for, for us to give all the, the kids another year uh, because it was out of their control last year, obviously. Um, and you're right. There were some kids that we thought would have gotten drafted a year ago that came back, and, and we're glad they are back. But, you know, I just – I remember – telling our players, like, listen, this is something that none of us have ever gone through before. So I I honestly can't sit here and tell you what it's going to be like. You know, normally you kind of have a good feel after, you know, the first three weeks of the season because you're playing, like I said, non-con games and stuff Mm -hmm. like that where you can get some people some starts, some some, uh, opportunities, and it's just – it's not like that this year. And so, you know, I really really struggle with, um, you know – there are are guys on our team that in any other year would have gotten opportunities and, and would have done, you know, gotten more opportunities. And and that's hard, you know, that's, I don't, I don't enjoy not being able to to provide that for guys. And uh, so I'll be honest with you. It's, it's something that uh, I don't, I didn't really uh, know how to tackle. And, and Mm -hmm. again, I, I give my players a lot of credit for their resiliency because again they're putting everything they can into it and there's like I said there's we got some guys on our team that can really have a chance to be really good at whether you know whether pitcher position player and you know you not being able to have the opportunity to go in and work some stuff out get a start get hot figure some stuff out it's just it's tough what are you guys doing as a team on Tuesdays and Wednesdays 
Uh, we're inter-squad. You know, like we've been playing a, a pretty heavy inter-squad. We were doing it on Monday. So what we did is we just kind of made it like a four-day weekend where we mm-hmm. would inter-squad on Mondays and then that way. And we would take Tuesdays off and it would give kind of the the guys that threw in the, in on Monday's inter-squad even more time. But now we're treating it more like a Tuesday, Wednesday, inter, you know, uh, uh, non-con uh, game like we would, you know, mm-hmm. in the future. Um you know, today we're actually going to um, do some offensive stuff and, and, and then probably try to play a, a you know, a short, shortened inner squad tomorrow with some guys that need to touch the ball before we take off on Thursday for Iowa. Yeah. Your, uh, your guys in the weekend rotation have been pretty consistent for you and given you opportunities, uh, it seems like, in, in most games this year. You know, Bailey Diaz, Connor Larkin, Kyle Verbitsky, who, you know, I saw, even though it was a remote uh, broadcast doing it, back here at home, but uh, him against Purdue was, was a great start. Uh, just that, you know, you've been probably pretty pleased with, with those three guys in that, you know, you've been able to march them out there and, and they've often given you a chance to win. Yeah. You know, we were, you know, that was one thing that we felt really good about, you know, coming out of last year is that we were going to have some, some depth on the mound. Um, again, I think uh, not being uh, together as a group, uh, in the fall was tough. Um, now, you know, those guys are veterans and have, have, you know, kind of proven that they know what to do to get themselves ready. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, when you're talking about all three of them being draft eligible guys and, and trying to control the things they can control and, and just go out and, and, and give you quality starts, you know, I would agree with you. I think for the most part, they, they definitely have. And, and, uh, you know, it's nice to know to, uh, that those three guys are going to touch the ball and, and you kind of know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So what's been for your perspective of uh, the league this year? I mean, um, you know, you guys have gotten some some big victories uh, this season. And, you know, maybe not as many serious wins as what you have wanted. But, you know, I think my point is there's a lot of balance there, it seems like. You know, even you look at a team like Illinois, it, you know, it takes, what, two or four against Michigan this last weekend. You guys sweep uh, Michigan State. But, you know, it, it seems like it's probably as deep as it has has ever been, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I can't disagree with you, you know. And I, I think the – you know, th- those of us in this conference know how good this conference is and uh, and and know that, you know, it's, it's a dogfight. You know, I mean, you look at it and – whether it's, you know, we open up with Northwestern and it's both of us, you know, split, you know, and then, you know, you go, we go to Indiana and, and, you know, there's, you know, right now they're ranked in the top 25 Michigan's a good team. I mean, shoot the weekend we played Nebraska. I mean, those guys played about as well as you can play offensively, pitching wise, defensively. Uh, And then, you know, it's not a surprise to any of us in the college baseball world, but Steve Owens has got Rutgers Mm -hmm. playing really, really well. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to go and take two out of three from them on the road. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely a dogfight. I think that, again, I think the, the you know, depending on where you what, – what, what school you were at and what, you know, kind of happened in the fall with COVID and early on here in, in January and February, I think that you're seeing the kind of effects of it impact teams in a different way and, and – you know, I think, like, I'll give you an example. I think that, and I'm not just saying this because we have a young roster. Uh, we have an older roster as far as pitching staff. But I think the teams that were older, like older rosters, were were much better prepared for this season early in the year just because they kind of had been together and knew what to expect, that kind of stuff. 
and, and it shows. I think schedules matter too. Like who you played and, and when you played them, I mean, seems to uh, – I, I think once the season is over, we're going to look at that because everything's tightening up a little bit now. And you just look at, you know, who some of those teams at the top – not that they aren't good because I think sure. Nebraska and Michigan and Indiana are going to stay there. Um, but some other squads, you know, are, are making a run here late and, and, you know, tightening up this race too as we get into the last month of the season. And it, it does seem like, you know, who you played, when you played them – if you had a veteran team that was able to start the season quickly, all those things have sort of mattered to how this season has played out. Yeah, again, I agree with you. I mean, it obviously it does help. And, again, if you're a veteran team and you kind of understand, you know, how things work and, and the speed of the game and, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, then I think that early part of the season, you know, you're not trying to press as much. You're not trying to do too much. Um, and, you know, again – it's kind of one of the reasons why I'm really proud of our, our guys is because again, we are pretty young, uh, especially yeah. in the position player part and those guys have stayed with it, you know, and it's easy, it's easy to, to kind of, you know, get, get to a low point and feel like, Oh, you know, it's, I don't know if this is going to turn around, but you know, it's, it's something that every single, you know, division one college ba- or any college baseball player goes through. They go through an adjustment period and a learning curve. And now, when you tell them that none of them believe you, they don't think that it's ever going to happen to them, but it's the truth. And, and, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that we've had to do as coaches as, as far as with my staff is, you know, we've had to look at each other and just go, listen, like, you know, like again, Johnny Piacentino, good example, Matt Wood, good example. It's like, you know, even Justin Williams, who's a junior, you know, mm-hmm. Justin Williams was a, a, you know, a big 10 all freshman, you know, team and had to have a, like a, you know, a minor uh, knee surgery after that year, didn't play summer ball. Then last year, COVID bangs that season. He was supposed to go to the Cape last summer. Doesn't get to do that. So, I mean, again, he's learning on the fly. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you got to, we, we had to look, we have to look at each other as coaches and go, yeah, I, I know technically those guys have been here two and three years, but, but their experience doesn't match the time here. So, yeah. you know, we have to be, realistic about it too yeah yeah what's the what's the travel been like for you this year has that been changed at all with with COVID and everything and and without playing the midweek games has it been has it been better has it been worse um what's Um, it been like well I mean it's definitely different I mean you know uh the first trip of the year we go to Northwestern and we flew and and you know you're you're having to remind your guys to keep their mask up whether yeah. they want to or not. And, and we're, we're very, I'm, I'm, you know, my, my wife's battling, battling cancer. So I've been, you know, very like, Hey, look, you know, I need you to mask up here. Like it's personal for me too, you know? And, and so, you know, that kind of stuff, but, but overall it really hasn't impacted us too much as far as kind of the difference of how we do stuff. Um, you know, in some ways, you know, because of, the big 10 and, and the academic emphasis and the missed class policy and stuff like that. We've been able to um, practice uh, more, uh, you know, on site of a visiting t- at a visiting school. So that's been good. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I would say the travel part piece hasn't really been a big deal for us. Um, but I would, I would say to you that, you know, I would, I, I really would like us to be playing non-con teams yeah. and, and again I think we've I'm glad we're playing 
I'm glad that we're giving these kids this opportunity. There are still some conferences that elected not to play this year. So I, I'm very thankful for that. But I also think that, um, you know, we've taken away some opportunities from some, some young kids and, and some guys, you know, and, and you know, the, they, only, they only get to go through this process of their life one time. So we yeah. want to try to make it the best for them. You uh, and I know I know why the the Big Ten tournament isn't this year. Uh, just to give everybody those extra games uh, for your team, it, it might have been a nice carrot here at the end of the season because you would be competing for one of those last spots. And if you look, you know, at how the schedule maybe wraps up here at the tail end of the season, perhaps an opportunity for you guys to to march up, you know, a, a couple of spots in the standings. Are you disappointed that there's no Big Ten tournament and, and you know, maybe not that opportunity uh, for your young team to continue to get better here and, and maybe get into one of those last spots in what I think is, you know, usually a, a really good event? Yeah, I mean, listen, um, I, I, I'm disappointed there's no tournament because I think that the Big Ten conference tournament at TD Ameritrade is, a, is, a, is, is, is good for college baseball, yeah. um, you know, and, and I haven't taken a team there yet. Uh, and it's something that was a goal of ours, you know, since we've gotten here, obviously. Um, but the thing that, and especially a large group of this team, they, they've weathered some of the really tough times here, and, and they were really excited to try to put it all together this year. But kind of the way I've been, we've been approaching it is, it's like, all right, look, if, if that's something you really, really wanted to be able to say you accomplished, then we can't, we can't just, you know, stop playing. We need to continue to compete for this thing. and and, and because when this thing's all said and done this year, wherever we finish, it's it's going to be a building block for next year, and yeah. we need we need it to be a good, a very solid foundation, a very solid building block, and and so you know we we need to, you know, like after the first twenty four games of the year, we would not have made the tournament, and that's how many games you normally play. And so, kind of what I said to our guys is, okay, the second mm -hmm. half now. Let's let's re, let's let's do it over. We 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 figured out kind of like not figured out, but we, hey, look, if we had done just the first twenty four games like we normally do, mm -hmm. we don't make it. So we had opportunities to close out some games and didn't, and would have if we had, we would be in. So now, what do we got to do uh, this second twenty game, you know, the second half, the next twenty games of the season to put ourselves in the top eight at the end of the year? Yeah, that's how some, we're looking at it. Right. You have some long road trips coming up in this last month. <laughs> to say the least, are you going to stay West for that last two weeks, Illinois yeah. and, and yep. Purdue, Minnesota and West Lafayette? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, uh, it's part of the big 10. Everybody's got kind of some long road trips, yeah. but yeah, we, we, uh, uh, we, we will stay out there cause we're out, we'll be out of school. Like our kids right. are in finals right now. So we'll be out of school. Um, and then, you know, it'll give us a chance to, to practice out there and, and, you know, especially because of the way, you know, we'll, we'll end up playing in that pod that last mm -hmm. weekend against uh, on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And so it makes it doesn't make any sense to fly back right. Sunday night, get back late, <laughs> take Monday off, practice Tuesday and get on a plane Wednesday. So it just yeah. makes more sense for student athlete welfare and, and all that kind of stuff. And actually cost for us to stay out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, and I appreciate your time. Um, best of luck here this last month with your young team. And, and you know, hopefully you can you build on some things uh, headed into next season and, uh, you know, get it rolling. I appreciate it. Thanks again for having me on. And, again, I appreciate what you're doing for our sport.
Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. And, and uh, our thoughts with your wife as well. Uh, best of luck in, in her fight. And uh, uh, hopefully she'll be doing well. Uh, she's, she's kicking butt. She's a year and a half uh, cancer-free. Um, toughest person in the world I know. So I appreciate you saying that, but, but uh, she's destroying this thing right now. All right. Hey, appreciate it, Rob. Uh, nice thank talking you. to you, and we'll uh, see you down the road. All right. Thanks. That's Rob Cooper with Penn State Baseball. Back in a moment on the Big Baseball Podcast. All right, let's hit the weekend rotation, the things that we are talking about as we head into the weekend. Topic number one, Drew, D1 Baseball came out with its field of 64 projection on uh, Tuesday and did include four teams from the Big Ten. That's sort of the number that we've been assuming, I think, for a while. Indiana, Michigan, Nebraska, and Iowa. Indiana, Michigan being uh, two seeds. Uh, for this bracket, that means, you know, Indiana playing in South Bend, Michigan playing in Austin, uh, Nebraska three-seed playing in Fayetteville, and Iowa also a three-seed playing in Lubbock. The Hawkeyes being one of the last five in. It's interesting that the the Big Ten is right there in terms of getting a couple of other teams in, and they're two of the teams that we talked about earlier in in surging teams, and those being... Maryland and Rutgers, both teams that have won what they're on six and five game winning streaks right now and have themselves at least knocking on the door in a projection to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand this is just a, a very early projection by D1 baseball, but I think the Big Ten, you know, would have to be pretty happy with this because yeah. you've got the four teams projected in and then, I mean... You look at these individually, Rutgers, if they play well in this pod, even if maybe they go two and two yeah. against these tough teams, they've got to be like on the bubble, at least. Ohio State's got Michigan State and Minnesota Minnesota and Michigan State next. They go five and one over the next two weeks. Yeah. They gotta be in. They gotta be considered in. And then and then Maryland is sitting there also. Yeah. So you know, I think the Big Ten has I'd be happy with the four projections right now. In in two weeks, are we looking at how are we not looking at six? I guess is my question. Yeah. Like, who's gonna in two weeks? How are we not looking at six? Yeah, I, I think that's good. You know that um, that there are six teams vying for these spots, and you know Maryland Rutgers could play their way in here over the last month. Now, I don't think anybody's spot is completely solidified there right. either. I, you know, I don't think Iowa, just because it is in in this projection, is sitting there thinking, well, we're good to go. Right. Uh, no, I mean, it's still got to, to win baseball games. I think Michigan, you know, all those teams, really, it's not like you can, can lose out and still be there. But, yeah, the fact that the Big Ten has played the schedule the way that it has played the schedule and has six teams up for consideration, at least according to one projection, though a pretty good projection, um, has got to be – has got to be good. You you can't tell me that Rutgers and Maryland can't win a game in the NCAA tournament or even win the region. I mean, they could win. I think that needs to be looked at. I, I that's yeah. going to be a big factor in in how many big team teams get in. It's 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 can they win games? Hopefully, the committee looks at it and says and sees what we see and says yes, they can win games and the scheduling. Mm-hmm. They've they've no non conference schedule, you know how much will that be considered? 
All right, let's hit uh, topic number two, talk a little COVID, unfortunately, and Northwestern, the Wildcats uh, being idled over the weekend in the pod um, against Michigan and Illinois. And unfortunately, the Wolverine, excuse me, the uh, Wildcats were hosting that pod and, and didn't end up playing it. So neutral site series between Michigan and Illinois was the result. You know, I, I guess in, on one hand, we're lucky that we got to this point, right, that that we hadn't had a series canceled due to coronavirus. We had a, a series delayed by we had a series delayed by uh, a day between what Penn State and Indiana early in the season. Um, but this is the first one that's that's been knocked out. And I, I mean, I guess it worked out okay for the Big Ten because it was in a pod, so the two teams had to make things up. But man. As we get down to this last month, it's like you just sort of cross your fingers that what we have here in a great race, probably between three teams, unless somebody else can sneak in there, doesn't get affected by, you know, somebody having to be sidelined for a weekend. Yeah, I think that's what you've you've got to look at. You've got to, uh, you know, it's obviously disappointing that the series was canceled or whatever you want to call it. Semi canceled, yeah. <laughs> uh, between those, between those in that pod, but you know, it just leaves you a little bit disappointed. I don't know if disappointed is the right word. Moving forward, that look, this is still a real threat, yeah, to for those top teams, and if it gets down to the end of the season, there's no makeup time available <laughs> yeah. here. You can't like, there's play. no so yeah. It could be a nightmare down this yeah. this is just a reality check, I guess. Right? A reality check that yeah. hey, it's still real, it still could happen, and and everybody's gotta be careful. Right. Yeah, you can't I mean it's not like you can make a baseball team play eight games in uh six days. Yeah. To to make up a a series just not um, not possible to be able to do. Uh, maybe at different levels, but not at, in college base. I mean, even in the major league baseball, it, it would be it would be almost crazy to, to have a team do that. So yeah, you just sort of hope that um, it doesn't affect the race. And unfortunately for Northwestern, you know, a it had to miss a weekend. B unfortunately for Northwestern, we thought it was going to be a team that was going to be able to stay there in the top four, five, six in the Big Ten. It just hasn't worked out that way yeah. for the Wildcats this season. All right, let's talk about number three and what we're watching for this weekend. Well, A, we'll be watching that pod in Piscataway between those three teams that we know about because we've been talking about them all podcast, uh, the pod on the podcast. But also, there are a couple other series that I think are interesting. One of those is in Iowa City. We haven't talked a lot about the Hawkeyes today. They lose two of three against Indiana. And this is a Penn State team, look, that that I, th- that weekend rotation, while it's not like the greatest ever, I think, it is consistent. And you can throw those three guys out there and anticipate that they will give you good starts. As we talked to Rob Cooper earlier, the weird thing about that Penn State team is that it hits the ball really well. It just doesn't produce runs. It's like ranks fourth in the league in in batting average and 10th in run production. And 
you would just hope that those things would even out at some point. But I, I don't think that's a Penn State team that you can just overlook if you're Iowa because you do need to win that series. So I think that's an interesting one. And then the Terps, too, this weekend. Yeah, the Terps will go against Illinois, that team, uh, you know, we keep mentioning it's like the Perfectly most 500, 500 team ever. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, what that means for the opponents of Illinois is the series could easily shift one way or, or the, the other area. against them. So, uh, you know, the same with Penn State, kind of. You know, the series could shift one way or the other based on if Penn State's scoring runs. They could score one run in a game, and they could score 27. You have yeah. no idea what you're going to get out of Penn State. Yeah. Uh, just like you sort of don't know what you're going to get out of Illinois because they're that perfect 500 team. They could yeah. play really good, or they could play really bad. We've seen it a few times this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all over the spectrum. All right, so that'll do it for our podcast for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. We do appreciate it as always and uh, this will be a fun last month of the season too as we uh, try to break this whole thing down uh, for true charters i'm kyle charters thanks for listening this is the big baseball podcast a production of 1017 the hammer you're out!